Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from the millions who suffer, where spouses, children, communities, and organizations get back the ones they love. Post-traumatic stress is often treated as an illness that can only be curbed, but this is wrong. PTS is an injury that can be healed quickly so that those affected get back to doing what they're meant to do, thrive. Join us as we discuss the latest innovation in the treatment of PTSD, specifically the reconsolidation of traumatic memories, what we refer to as the RTM protocol. We regularly feature guests who have successfully cured PTSD to inspire hope in all those who still struggle, hope in what is possible. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. And uh, as always, we just have some amazing guests on the show. We're telling stories of clinicians that have been trained and are using the RTM protocol and really have been given a superhero power to claim or to clear traumas in PTSD strugglers. We also tell the stories of PTSD strugglers who are finding uh, a new normal, creating a new, a new normal, one, not one that's been decided for them, but one um, that they get to choose now. Uh, because of having their traumas cleared. Um, today with me, uh, like so many times, my buddy Dan Jarvis. Dan, say hey. Hey. 220, representing in the house, hanging out here, 220.org. There's just my front push on the, I'll give you another one on the back end too, I promise. Um, Michael Castrelli is joining us today, licensed mental health therapist from downtown Claremont, Florida. I believe that's the epicenter of human civilization right there. That's right. Good old Claremont. <laughs> He's like, represent. Um, Michael, I'm excited to talk to you today because uh, you and Dan have been buddies for uh, how long? How, how long you guys go back? Well, I knew Michael when he was in high school. He used to work youth ministry. Oh, and, man. And yeah, I'm dating myself. Yes, I'm quite a bit older. That's crazy. About mid-90s, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was a, I was a young deputy sheriff at the time. It's the worst thing he ever did at a lock-in. I don't know that we ever did lock-ins, but I, I can't I can't say in case mom and dad are listening. All right, that's fair. Is it still we're not beyond the, the statute of limitations here? Well, I'm it sure doesn't work statute, that way with parents. Does no, it? no, there is no statute of limitations with parents. But you know what? The man has he he's grown up. He, he got himself a real job, and he's helping people now, oh, doing man. some amazing work. I'm sure here in Claremont. Um, Michael, you got trained in RTM in uh, Albuquerque. That's um, correct. In September, yeah. Yes. And we like we do refer to Albuquerque. That is the cradle of civilization right there. That really is. is. Claremont may be the cradle in the east, but Albuquerque is out west for sure. So, hey, man, tell me about that. First of all, how did you get involved with that training, and how did you end up in, in Albuquerque in, in September? Sure. So Dan reached out and um, basically shared his story with me that I wasn't even aware, I'll be honest, uh, of his struggles um, when he was getting out of the military. and. I was just really touched and he gave me the opportunity to learn about uh, the RTM protocol. I had been with probably, well, let's see, about 12 years I've been, I've been counseling and uh, when it came to PTSD, I really didn't have too many tools in my, in my uh, toolbox there outside of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So I was really excited to hear about this and to uh, you know, just learn more about it. And uh, before I knew it, I was on a plane with Dan and we were heading to Albuquerque. The funny thing is, just before this, um, I'd, I'd actually talked with his dad, Mike, and he re he connected me with Michael, and I get a voicemail. I think he initially thought that I was needing help, so he like he he directed me <laughs> to the Camaraderie Foundation, you know. And I was like, no, 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 no. I know I know about the Camaraderie Foundation because they already funded me to get treated. I, you know, I wanted to. Well, know. what was that room I walked by? It was called the Dan Jarvis room up there. It had padded walls or <laughs> yeah. something. And what was that all about? Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, was, I was very impressed that you had your own little abode here, but that's that's great, man. So, I, first of all, I, I love that 
this was another tool in your arsenal to be able to, to train and help people. Absolutely. Well, not tra- to, to be trained in, but to help people. Um, tell me the level of success that you're having with this. We're talking what almost seven months later ish. So you've trained, you've treated how many now at this point? So this week will be officially 19. Cool. Um, out of that four veterans and the rest were civilians. So and cool. I'm at a hundred percent success rate at this point. 100%. I mean, that's unheard of in this field. <laughs> it really is. So to have that yeah. tool, um, yeah. to be utilized, you know, you get a lot of people that are skeptic when they come in and yeah. they leave a different person. If prior to RTM, what would have been, let's say with the 18, what would have been the main tool that you would have used to attempt to clear traumas for them or to help them cope with the, the traumas? So a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. And you're looking at minimum three to six months. Wow. With maybe 20 to 30% success rate. Okay. Wow. So it, it's, it's night and day difference. Absolutely. So Dan, did you ever go through that? Was that part of what you're, I did the CBT. I've done the PE prolonged yeah, exposure PE with you for and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done, I've done pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Except so. for the electroshock. Thank God. <laughs> so, so Michael, they, you hear, um, the claims of the 90, 92% effectiveness rate, efficacy rate with RTM and you're seeing with CBT 20, 30%. I mean, what do you think when you see the 92% prior to getting trained? I mean, is it, does it look like a snake's oil it, sales it, pitch or what? <laughs> I hate to say it, but it did. I, I was, I was very skeptical. Yeah. Most, I'll be very honest. Most of the treatments that we do in our field are anywhere between 40 and 50% yep. effective, yep. you know, yep. and yep. you, yep. you hear stories all the time of people being in counseling for one, two, three years yeah. and not really making too much uh, progress. So yeah. This, yeah, I was, I was skeptic at first. I really was, but that didn't stop me from going to New Mexico. Got a free, free trip <laughs> so, out of it. Well, I, yeah. yeah, but, but I have to say this. I, I, I continue to say it's, it's so commendable, um, to see, uh, experienced clinicians, trained clinicians that have done years of study in their field, gotten education, you know, done all of the, the supervised hours and everything still, you know, willing to learn more. I mean, I don't know if that's the case for everybody out there, but the ones that we have met, I think it's commendable. I think it's absolutely awesome. So 100% success rate at this point with your clients. Um, had you met with any of them before doing CBT and then you kind of shifted into doing RTM with them instead? Or Yes. Yeah. Um, two in particular. I had okay. been working with probably eight to 10 months and the chronic state of their PTSD was so intense that yeah. that's what, you know, they were coming one or two times a week. Sure. When I got back from New Mexico, I was excited to tell them, hey, you know, I got something new. Let's try it. Let's get you on board here. Obviously, the first response was a little skepticism. Yeah, but yeah. because I had that relationship with them for so long, they were more inclined to say, you know yeah, what? Yeah. Let's let's give this a try. I got nothing to lose. I know who you are. Yeah. And um, two hours, one session. They were completely <laughs> from the one gentleman was a 10. He went yeah. to a zero. Yeah. And the other gentleman was around an eight. And he also went to a zero. Isn't that crazy, Dan? It's it's mind-boggling. No <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, we keep hearing this term "hundred percent." You know, because literally all the counselors that are treating people that want to get treated are one hundred percent successful. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 
you know, Frank kind of flips out every time they hear somebody say 100%. Don't say that. People won't believe it, you know. Right. But yeah, there, there seems to be this need to to almost like undersell this yeah, thing. Yeah, Tom, Tom Padilla. Because people don't believe the 92 or they don't believe the 100 right. or whatever. That's how right. crazy it is. Tom Padilla was like, yeah. you know, we should just we should just fudge the numbers and just say it's 50%, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. because <laughs> that would still be better. It's still better than right. what's out there. But right. but it doesn't sound so ridiculous. Exactly. That, you know, it's like, yeah, this is so easy and this is just crazy. So, so Michael, we're the, the place that we are right now is we're continuing to uh, to sort of journey around and we're doing trainings in this, I feel, I keep telling the guys that the scales have not yet tipped yet to that point where, where people, I say that people are going to be coming to R&R and coming to other clinicians going, how do I do this? How do we, how do we get this done? Like, I feel like we're still having to really broadcast the message and say, Hey, we have an answer. We have an answer. We have an answer. And uh, some are listening, but not all are, are listening right there. What, um, what would you say to those people that have some skepticism still uh, because they've been doing this for a long time. They just don't think that the success rate can be out there. What would you say to uh, to that person? Well, I would look at it as this is a major opportunity, a bare minimum to improve your clinical skills. That's number one. Mm. And number two, just to have an open mind because the proof, they're going to show you the second you get into the training and you see this demonstrated and then probably even done to you if you have any mm-hmm. traumas as a clinician. Mm-hmm. That was my case. I went through, I used uh, an example um, from my own past. And I knew right after I went through it personally that this is absolutely works. And it, it was amazing. So have an open mind, give it a chance. Um, and like I said, who would be against um, increasing your arsenal of, of, of treatment? You know, it's going to increase your practice. It's, it's going to be able to give you the opportunity to serve a wider variety of people. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't you do that for your practice? I, that's the attitude right there. It I mean, is. Isn't that the, re- I mean, I, I look at that and, you know, there's often, um, I think people often struggle with, with medical doctors and things like that in their, their medical care because of the claim of say bad bedside manner. You know, you can walk away and this is probably true of many professions, but you can walk away and go, why is that person doing that job? You know, do they really care about the people that they're serving? I think what you just shared is the embodiment of what every clinician you know, out there, they should be doing that for their clients right there. Why, why wouldn't you, right? I mean, that, isn't that the sales pitch right there, Dan? Why wouldn't you want to better serve your your clients? Well, I mean, I've known this young man for a long time, and yeah. I, I can tell you the character which he has is genuine and legit, and, and I know that that's his personality. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's always wanted to do stuff for the betterment of others, yeah. and yeah. I'm just grateful, Michael, that you said yes, that you would do the training because – you know, 18 people have had their lives changed just from you. Mm-hmm. you know, and not only those 18 people, but the, the people that those people touch and influence will have their lives changed as well. So who know. could have otherwise gone through a treatment that might have might have had 30 percent success rate. Right. Yeah. And could still be looking for answers today. And that's that's another part. A lot of these people have been through so many different treatments that they come in with this negative outlook and you really have as a clinician, you really have to put it out there and say, look, you know, those things may have not worked in the past. Give me one shot, you know, and, and just try, you have nothing to lose. Um, and that changes everything for them. You know, just that having that willingness and that openness to just try one more shot, you know, and once the two hours are over, you know, they're, they're unbelievably changed and, and just really happy. Uh, I, I can't so. imagine. Well, can't they, imagine. for your combat is always in, on yeah. the increase with every person that exactly. we've seen. Isn't it? Yeah. For your, crazy. for your combat veterans, yeah. they do have one thing to lose and that's their label. Absolutely. Right. Ooh. Ooh. 
Why is Dan doing like the bumper sticker thing today? What's going on here? I feel like there's <laughs> t-shirts. You're just kicking out t-shirts and bumper sticker quotes, man. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. If I had an AOL account still, I would need you to give me my quote at the bottom. Remember those way back in the day? All right. So here's a question for you. Um, uh, this is for you, Michael. Uh, tell me some of the types of trauma. Uh, give me the profile of the trauma strugglers that you see, not just the ones that you have treated with RTM, um, but you know, who do you see in general here? What are, what are, what are the traumas out there um, that you're dealing with personally? So I worked previously from the RTM uh, protocol with the Camaraderie Foundation. So I had a lot of um, combat veterans come in. Um, obviously, I'm much more well-equipped now to handle any kind of trauma that comes through. Um, we also do, uh, there's some sexual abuse as well. Um, bullying, believe it or not. Mm. Um, pretty severe bullying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this works perfect for that. Really? You know, it's, it's been amazing to see even with, you know, uh, issues that have happened 10, 12, 15 years ago getting wow. resolved from the RTM. Wow. So as a kid, you know, adult clients coming in and, and seeing freedom in that realm as well. Um, some other, there was a couple people, you know, related to some severe arrest experiences, um, whether they were under the influence or domestic violence disputes. Yeah. And just trying to get over, you know, that specific traumas related to those events. And then probably the last one, which I think is a little unique, is um, just going through specific traumas related to, um, you know, uh, victims of crimes, like uh, mm. being arrested or, yep. or robbed. Yep. yep. Um, yep. Had, a, had a client, unfortunately, uh, go through, you know, the trauma of, of their house being completely cleaned out. So oh, they wow. went to work one morning, came yeah. back, and Jeez. the house was empty. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, um, it doesn't matter what yeah. what the specific trauma is. The RTM knocks it out. So I, I love that he's saying that because we were on a mini segment um, with the the show where we were doing like the many faces of PTSD. I, I can tell you from um, and I I have a pastoral counseling background in marriage and, and do that all the time. But so when I thought of PTSD without having um, say clinical training in that, um, I think I would speak for many others out there who would say, well, PTSD is like a military thing or something like that, and it's far more than that. And um, I think it's been one of the most enlightening things for me in this journey about learning, you know, those many faces that there are many types of trauma out there that people are struggling with. And he named probably three or four just in that, you know, in that statement there that I hadn't even thought of. I mean, the bullying thing, how, do, how did we not think of something yeah. like that? I mean, that's, you know, you think of the abuse, you think of um, uh, that certainly burglaries and stuff like that. I can understand that one completely, but there, there are many faces to this. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's very, very cool that's your, um, that you're treating all of them. What's the youngest client that you've treated with this, with RTM? Have you had any kids yet or? I have not had any kids. The okay. youngest client was 20. It was 20. Okay. Yeah. And then oldest? Yeah. Any guess? Oldest, 72. 72. 72. It's yeah. awesome. I know I know. they said that the, the youngest that has done the protocol that they're aware of is seven years old. Yeah. So okay. if you had somebody with a child practice and they did children cases, yeah. I mean, just imagine you could literally shift an entire life yeah. for that kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. So that traumas don't become an issue later. Because yeah. what we're finding is a lot of folks in the veteran world and, and in the first responder world yeah. um, were victimized as children, and that made their PTSD significantly worse. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I mean, I could tell you story after yeah. story of guys in service. Yeah. You know, we had one of the guys was molested by a stepdad. You know, he ended up going to deployment, came back, self medicated with drugs, got kicked out of the army, went home, murdered a stepdad, and then killed himself. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, if you could get this to the hands of the children, man, that's, 
that would change the game for we, everybody. Yeah, we and 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 Michael, I th- I'm very encouraged for people like you that are doing this because I I regularly send out um, couples when I'm doing marriage counseling with them. Uh, it feels like it's like one out of three mm-hmm. that somebody has some kind of abuse in their background, you know, sexual molestation or whatever as a child, past bad past relationship that you know might have been. Um, to the point of abusive and everything. And especially when I'm getting to do like the premarital ones, like I told Dan, I'm doing a wedding next Saturday for, for a couple. And, you know, uh, one of Carrie's counselors helped clear this girl of childhood sexual abuse. And now wow. they're going to start out their, their marriage, not having to deal with something like that. I mean, that's a superpower oh, absolutely. right there. I mean, you know what happens, what happens to that couple when that doesn't get treated, that thing rears its ugly head. Sure. And they end up in your office or my office, wherever, you know, three absolutely. years from now, five years from the now, from now, when the newness of the, you know, the newlywed stage or whatever wears off and they start to realize, oh my gosh, like something is not working here. This is not like this. We have not realized the ideal that we, you know, had for this relationship and everything. So yeah, you're preemptive striking some stuff too, which is pretty darn cool. Absolutely. And you have to remember too, that a lot of people wait till the last minute to get marriage counseling. So if you're able to get that done in premarital, Yep. Before they say I do, it, it's it's yeah. it's a game changer. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. It heals the person in a sense too. All right, so a couple more questions here. Um, tell me what you would say to the struggler that you know hears these kinds of conversations and says, "Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to have to relive any of my story." Like that's a big fear from your experience with RTM as a licensed mental health therapist, a clean, trained clinician in RTM. What would you say to that person that has done some of these other therapies that require that? Sure. The training that we received from Alan and Denise and Dr. Bork was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They really make sure that you are geared in on reading the nonverbals so that when you see any kind of distress in voice or when the person is starting to tell their story at the beginning of the session, um, it's immediately shut down and uh, reverted to something else so that they're not reliving the situation, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely different than any other treatment out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you do not have to relive this, the situation whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then when you're in the movie theater and, and you're setting up your, your, uh, making it really comfortable in your movie theater, uh, it's, it's really nice because a lot of people, and I really try to emphasize comfort, you know, yeah. make it everything yeah. that you want it yeah. to be. Yeah. So yeah. by the time they're setting up their movie theater, they're thinking about that instead of the actual trauma, yep. 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 you know, which inevitably the way it's set up, the way Dr. Brock set it up, um, it just permeates comfort the entire time. We have not talked, I think, think in detail about how this thing is run, but essentially you're crafting a movie script and you are the, uh, was it projector operator, I guess in a theater. Yes. And, um, ultimately bookending a, a safe place before and after your trauma consolidating the trauma and removing the traumatic memory associated with that. And so part of that is envisioning being in a movie theater. And I love every time we've seen this protocol, people know their favorite movie theater. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, they know the color of the seats. They know which candy they're eating. I I love too. I, this is amazing to me. Every single time somebody goes out of their seat as part of this protocol, they run up to the screen and and they go back to their seat and somebody's eating their candy. So I don't know what kind of ghosts live in this RTM protocol, but man, there are people eating candy all over the place that are, you know, it's just unbelievable how how cool that is. Can you, because this is your world and you've done this many times, maybe in a, like a minute and a half description, can you give a description what RTM is for uh, a person who's going to go through this? Tell them what they're going to experience in the up to 90 minute ish session. So we pick a neutral event 
that you do every all, all the time, maybe mowing your lawn, washing your car. Yep. And then we practice the protocols, um, the adaptation. So you're going to put a movie screen on the, on the wall and you're going to picture yourself in black and white in full color, um, doing it backwards through these different types of adaptations. Um, so that you're very familiar with the process and you can visualize very clearly. And we do that and make sure that that's in place before you even start the protocol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Once you have those visualizations in place and you're able to see yourself in third person and in first person through all the adaptations, we identify what specific uh, trauma that you want to work on, what memory you want to start with. Mm. And I just get a very brief description of it. We start with uh, the title of the movie, a, a starting point before anything happened, like you had yeah. said, yeah. and an ending point when it was done and you felt safe. And once that's all situated, we go through the adaptations at that point at the person's pace. So you're never rushed. You're never pushed through it and facing mm. certain things. If there's any discomfort whatsoever, we stop immediately and we and we just kind of recalibrate so that um, you're ready to move forward. Mm. Um, you go through the black and white movie and then we play it really, really fast. And then the part that everybody loves is the alternate ending when you get to re-script the trauma and go through it um, as you wanted it to. And yeah. this one, yeah. a lot of people have fun with because they either do a completely different scenario where the trauma didn't happen or they put it in a place where the, the results of the trauma are just completely fantastic. <laughs> and you, you literally get to see the person's face completely transform. Mm. You even get some mm. smiles on their face as yeah. they're telling yeah. the, the alternate ending. Okay, I, I know you can't share details of things, but do you have any funny takeaways from any of these moments where somebody has rescripted something that was crazy or, or even just um, you know a way that maybe they reacted to going through RTM? Anything like that? I, I definitely had one, uh, one soldier just broke out in laughter. Really? Uh, during his alternate ending. Cool. Um, he made it one of the most hilarious stories. He had me laughing when he was telling me the alternate <laughs> ending. Yeah. Um, but just, just to see, you know, a, a trauma turn into a positive, yep. you know, that he can laugh and, and, and talk it over. It's just unbelievable. Watching now, was it. this, was this a guy that coming in maybe because of the trauma had sort of lost his ability to have a sense of humor and everything? I mean, was he, was he a jovial person coming in or what was the story? Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> That's great. No, in fact, uh, very skeptical, um, was really, really on guard. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. It took me 20 yeah. minutes just to kind of get him comfortable and, yeah. and, and ready to do this. So, yeah. Yeah. um, to see that night and day, uh, change in, in less than two hours is pretty phenomenal. So Dan, I get excited about the, I mean, you're already doing this, you're living this, but you think about like, we've talked about the trajectory changes that could potentially happen here. You've got people that there could be would be comedians, mm -hmm. authors, storytellers yeah. out there that because of their trauma, I mean, it is suppressing a part of them um, that needs to be released and effectively RTM is giving them, you know, a, a different future, a life back of sorts. It's pretty cool. Well, when you look at some of these folks, I mean, they stay single, they don't marry, they don't engage with yeah. people. Yeah. So literally you, you, you have the chance of changing a family tree yep. is what you have the, yep. the ability to do, bringing new life into the world and, yeah. you know, just so much hope and, and future happiness for folks. And I don't know, to me, it's, it's, um, it's sobering to be a part of this yeah. because, you know, six, eight, 10, 11 months ago, I think my wife and I, we started our nonprofit. Yep. And where I was, I was stuck. I was, there's no way I would have been doing, doing what we're doing now. Yeah. And I was throwing stuff at the wall, trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> I finally found out what I want to be when I grew up. I'm 48 years old. So 
<laughs> crazy. But you're helping people. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. Giving these guys their life back. We talk so often about how we ask these servicemen and beyond that. It's more obviously more than just you know servicemen with PTSD, but especially them um, that we interact with regularly who are going off to war, seeing things that I just simply term as, un- as unnatural to the human condition. You know, we talk about a trauma. What do we talk about trauma as a natural reaction to an abnormal situation, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're seeing this stuff uh, and um, doing it so that the rest of us don't have to. And then they come back here and because they are suffering and they can't re-engage in a normal life, I mean, they, they can do deviant things at times. I mean, it can be criminal. There are um, uh, suicides, obviously, that happen, all of these different factors. And it's like this double whammy that kind of hits you on the... You know, you go through the front door and it hits you, uh, you know, the way in, the way out, every, all parts in between. It's just awful yeah. how this works. And so I love that, you know, it, to me, this is a, like a no brainer. Thank you. Yeah. That should be given to our service guys. It should be, you know, and, and so at least we're doing this in pockets, but we need your help out there for sure. Hint, hint. So get with 220.org. There's my second uh, plug for you, Dan, uh, right there. Tell them real quick what your organization does because we, we have you on here a lot. We are a connecting organization. You know, I share my story with anybody who'll listen to it. And we have two two prongs to what we're doing. One is we're trying to get the veterans and the first responders to seek help. And then we connect them with counselors like, you know, like Michael here. You know, uh, down in Parkland, we did a training. So you got a new name, right? Right. And this is the metaphor that I use. Yeah. You know who got Bin Laden, right? SEAL Team 6. Well, you guys are officially Heal Team 6. Wow. So I like it. <laughs> your objective is to hit the objective, and that's that intense emotion that is overriding right. that person's life. Extract that's it out right. of the, and then get off the objective so they can go back right. to being who they're supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm yeah. going to finish your plug real quick because I just remembered something. It was 22-0 that got Michael to Albuquerque, right? That's absolutely okay, right. Got him there. So yeah. that's this is like a real-life testimony of what your organization does. Because that has now resulted in yeah. what are we told you said nineteen this week right nineteen right. that have gone through RTM and, and that's the um, and that's the cool thing is you know because that's another thing we do is we yeah. we we look for donations to sponsor counselors yep. so that they yep. don't have to bear the full financial burden to yep. get, get trained but you know the money that we spent on Michael nineteen people just got their lives back yeah totally worth if that's yeah. all we ever did it's yeah. that's totally worth what we're yeah. doing yeah yeah what what kind of suicides could you have curbed mm-hmm. there abuse crime i mean all of these other things that could have you know uh, marriages could have been saved i mean you name it i mean absolutely we, to calculate the uh the net effect of that it would be probably an impossible task it's very, very cool um michael anything else that you would say on this subject uh now that you've been doing this for seven months or so well one of the amazing amazing things i'm seeing right now are mm-hmm. people are referring their families to yeah. come in. So yeah. in other words, if they see, you know, uncle John, that's been struggling for years and all of a sudden he's doing great. They're like, well, I want some of that too. I have trauma, you know, <laughs> and it's it, the, the word is really, uh, organically, you know, being presented to yes. families and yes. it's getting out there. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank Dan also, you know, for having this opportunity because, and, and I definitely say this to all the clinicians out there, if you really want to feel that fulfillment, that was main the main reason why you wanted to get into this profession in the first place you know having this rtm in your tool belt is phenomenal i mean i know for and i've talked to other clinicians that um have gone through the training with me in in albuquerque and um some of them have have even admitted you know this kind of put fresh uh wind in their sails as well you know that it's like wow I'm actually getting to see people uh, completely healed, you know, in a very short period of time. And it does make you feel like you're wearing that cape a little bit here, you know, when you're coming in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, because what job, what jobs out there could you get up and go to work and have 
hundred percent success rate. Exactly. In, I mean, I don't care how good you are at what you do. I mean, just very few opportunities to to see that kind of you know sort of self actualization out there. Can you? I mean, that's just a hard thing to happen. You're getting that. All these clinicians are getting that. You know, they're not having to be the reality check that says this might work, mm. right? I mean, I guess you're still saying that, but you kind of know inside yeah, it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah. At this point, yes, I have no doubts. Isn't that Even cool? With the harder cases. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, our hope is um, our hope is that this trend only continues. We really feel like this is a, a movement to eradicate um, PTSD. Oh, that was actually one thing I was going to ask you, Mike. From your take, tell me. Um, we we know the numbers are out there. I think the numbers out there say that like 27-ish percent of adults probably are carrying some kind of trauma or something like that. And I've just always had a, a suspicion that it's a little bit more than that. And I would just ask you, you know, an off-the-cuff, non-scientific answer. How many people out there, especially those who are listening, what percentage of our people are, are probably carrying something that would benefit from RTM? My bold statement is yeah. I would say 60%. Ooh. Because oh, wow. you have to figure... Everyone's definition of trauma is different. True. You can go through something that might I might not think is tra- traumatic, yeah. but yeah. if I'm having problems sleeping and I'm having nightmares and flashbacks and all these other things, it's trauma. Absolutely. Bottom yeah, line. Absolutely. So yeah, with divorce, with you know situations with family members, yeah. car accidents. I mean, you name it. These are things that happen all the time, yep. every yep. day, yep. Yep. and they can absolutely be traumatic. You hear that? Your boy just threw down sixty percent, Dan. Sixty percent. I 60, believe it. I actually do too. I you know I was being conservative. I I think it's you know that twenty seven. I think is is just what is self identified. I think that's yes. where that that number comes from that gets thrown out. And it's give or take. I've seen some different numbers on there, but yeah, man. Like a lot of people carrying stuff. I mean, that's what it comes down to. A lot of people carrying stuff and they don't have to. And um, thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Thank you for the out there for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Michael, how do they find you if they want to connect with you and uh, get in touch with your practice here at Claremont? Sure. We're on the web, uh, trinityescape.com. And um, if you also just Google Claremont uh, counselor, I should come up there in your Google search. We're in downtown Claremont. Um, we do all kinds of trauma, obviously, with the RTM protocol, and um, I also do uh, sports performance counseling, which we didn't touch on, but that actually I have applied the RTM to as well. Uh, we're going there. Come so. on. We're going there. Come on. <laughs> tell me. It. All right. So <laughs> a lot of times, guys, uh, especially high-performance guys, professional athletes, um, with the pressures of having their contracts renewed, yeah. going through specific things with family members, coaches, all the demands, you wouldn't believe well, you would absolutely the, the trauma that can come from some of those s- situations. Sure. The other big one too is getting hit with the ball, Ooh. and not being able to swing. Like for baseball, for Ooh, example. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had two gentlemen come in for that specifically. Hundred percent better, hitting well, um, and like I said, you know, this is for any any level athlete, high school, college, professional. It, it absolutely works. So that's another avenue there that i wanted to add that's super that's super cool <laughs> so so how many so, kids did dan hit in the face the headshot with the dodgeball back in youth group days <laughs> that need to come in are there a few of those out there, there maybe michael be. was one of those there's probably one of, no, or maybe he did it to you i don't know goodness, no, but i'm sure there's a few out there man, that's so cool i never even thought about that angle there and man look at this like we've added what four or five new faces that you know we had previously not identified ptsd faces right there and so cool that's your that you're treating that and clearing yeah. that. That's very, very cool. What well, sounds like you have an awesome practice here and, you know, just have a lot of different things that you're offering. And so, um, so you said it was trinityescape.com. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? 
First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. Daily stress is difficult to avoid, but you can better cope with it thanks to the unique natural frequency technology within all Philip Stein watches. Recent clinical studies have shown that wearing it regularly can significantly improve cognitive functions, mood, and perceived stress. Philip Stein natural frequency technology visit philipstein.com and use promo code ptsd10 that's philipstein.com promo code ptsd10 yes very very cool all right so catch michael there and uh, of course you know dan at 220.org and if you're out there listening and you want to connect with us lifeafterptsd.org and you can follow us on social media um, instagram twitter at Heal Your PTSD. We drop episodes every single week. We just ask that you subscribe and continue to listen to the stories of people getting healed, clinicians getting trained. You have been listening to Life After PTSD. Thanks for joining us for Life After PTSD. As you listen to this podcast, imagine your new life and all the possibilities when you are free of PTSD because that is what is possible with RTM. You are here, which means you're ready. So connect with us at lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca, or follow us at Heal Your PTSD.